Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. Welcome to Mind, Body, and Business, a podcast that explores topics, perspectives, and actionable insight for a strong mind and healthy body, along with empowering conversations to help you handle your business. I'm your host, Maria Moore, and in this episode, we will have an empowering conversation about something that affects both men and women, but particularly black women, and that is fibroids. As a personal trainer, I've become more familiar with fibroids because I would have clients come to me and they'd be like, oh, I'm losing weight everywhere. I love my arms. I love my legs. I love my butt. But this stomach will not obey. And I've had several clients that I had to troubleshoot you know, oh, maybe we need to change your meal plan. You know, maybe it's a digestive issue. Maybe you're just simply bloated. Quite a few of my clients discovered that they had fibroids, and that was the cause of the bulging in their midsection. So um, not only does fibroids impact women, uh, specifically in this conversation, black women, uh, from an aesthetic point of view, but also from an emotional side. Um, Fibroids impact your relationships. If you're married, they definitely impact intimacy. So to lead the conversation today, I have the founder of the Fibroid Pandemic and a woman who has experienced the challenges but overcame them on her own fibroid journey. Miss LaToya Dwight, welcome to the podcast. And I can't wait to talk all things fibroids, fibroids and fitness, fibroids and relationships, fibroids and sex. Yes, girl, we're going to get into it. Thank you so much for joining the Mind, Body and Business podcast. Thank you for having me. And I'm just grateful that you and I were able to connect and you asked me to join you. So I'm honored. No, girl, the honor is all mine. You know, I want to give a little bit of background on how I know LaToya. I actually work with her husband. He's a colleague of mine. And I remember when the two of you were just dating and he wasn't like an awful person, but I noticed a change in him, just his overall energy. And I truly believe it's a reflection of his marriage to you. So shout out to my coworker, Lakeem Dwight. Always holding it down for his baby. He is your biggest cheerleader, girl. And you're very worthy of all the praise, all the cheers, because I still remember our conversation we had during the pandemic about fibroids and you had so much valuable information, so much great insight. And I'm excited to continue that conversation because it really is an issue that so many black women struggle with and you have a great, inspiring story. So once again, so thrilled to have you here, girl. Wow. (laughs) You never told me that. Um, Yeah. I'm probably going to have to give him a little bit extra attention tonight. (laughs) Well, you know, I love rooting for black love and y'all definitely illuminate it. And I appreciate you for saying that because sometimes when you're in it, you don't really notice it, you know, Mm -hmm. because you're just in the moment. And he and I were friends first. We dated on and off for probably maybe about a year or so. Mm -hmm. But like we, we didn't rush anything at all. I'm a lucky woman. I am. And I recognize him. He's also a lucky man. Hey, that's how it's supposed to be. And I love to see it. So let's kick things off. I love asking my guests what they're doing for their mind, body and business because we like to stay focused on the pillars of this podcast. So even if you're not doing something in all three areas, what would you say you're doing like right now within the last week or last month to enhance your mind, body and business? 
Well, this is actually the perfect timing because from my mind and body perspective, I went and got a Yoni steam. I got my little lady down there, got her steamed uh-huh, up. Your pearl. <laughs> I got my pearl steamed. And while on the pot, we did affirmations and literally just the perfect timing. So mm-hmm. that was such a critical moment for my mind and body as well. I always take care of my physical body. So I do go to the gym and I also do a lot of juicing. I make my own juices and I actually make my own smoothies too. I don't do any additives, no sugar, no juice. I don't add any, nothing. I let it make its own consistency. It's just such a refreshing. Girl, I see it in your skin, girl. I see the kiwi. I see the, uh, (laughs) I see all them fruits and vegetables coming through your skin, girl. You are glowing. Thank you. My pleasure. And I mean, every word. So let's jump into the fibroid pandemic, because I know you also work professionally. You have a full time job, but the fibroid pandemic is something even more special to you. It's so aligned with who you are and your purpose. By passion, I educate people on uterine fibroids. For those who may not know, uterine fibroids are non-cancerous tumors of the uterus. They impact, let me, I was about to say women, but I got attacked Mm -hmm. for seeing the word women and woman. So humans with the uterus, about (laughs) 70% will develop fibroids throughout their life between, Mm -hmm. typically between their childbearing years, around age 15 to about 50. 80% of that population is black women, Mm -hmm. black humans with the uterus. That's my target market to explain to them, make them aware of what they are, how they impact not only them physically, but mentally and emotionally, and then how it also impacts the family. Because Mm -hmm. fibroids have what I personally, I like to call, you know, you heard of the term secondhand smoke. Um, There's what I call secondhand suffering. There's so many different symptoms, side effects, such as um, extreme lethargy, menorrhagia, which is basically heavy and prolonged menstrual periods, pica, loss of hair, you know, skin and nails. Um, what people don't realize is that experience that that individual is going through definitely impacts the family, it impacts the household. And I'll use myself as an example. When my son was younger and I was going through fibroids, I didn't even know that I had them initially. I just knew I'd always be exhausted, exhausted. So I didn't, I didn't have time to go outside and play kickball or whatever. I was so exhausted. And I just simply chop it up to the fact that I was getting older. I was always tired, um, always constipated. So those are some things that people don't realize. So it doesn't only impact the individual who has them, but also impacts those who are close by them as well. And there's such a wide spectrum when it comes to how fibroids impact women. You know, some women have them for years and don't even notice. It could be as small as a pea or I heard even as big as a watermelon. There is this doctor who he and I did some work together about a year or so ago. And he just posted a video of surgery that he recently did. And the fibroid, I think the fibroid by itself was like six pounds by itself. So it was a full term Mm -hmm. baby. Fibroids are non-cancerous tumors and they're about, they're very dense, like a really hard muscle. Whereas with things like a cyst, cysts are fluid filled. So they're, you know, just completely different. Fibroids can range from the size of a tiny, tiny pea to the size of a watermelon. And contingent upon the size and the location can determine a lot of the symptoms that the individual may or may not experience. Like if they're lower um, or either outside of the uterus, 
that can cause a ton of constipation. You know, mm-hmm. if they're higher up, that can cause issues with your um, digestion and with your intestines. We only have so much space in this midsection, right? And something has to give somewhere. Changing your diet, that does help tremendously. Consistency definitely is very critical because you can't just do it for three weeks, right? Let's say I do it every single day for three weeks. Well, you can't have off days. And everything you said are a lot of the rules that you adhere to. And it's so great to see the woman you are today, but it was a journey for you. So take me back to the moment that you found out you had fibroids and how all of that unfolded. My current husband, when he and I first started dating and we became exclusive, we both decided we did not want to have an unplanned pregnancy. I knew that going on the pill wasn't going to be for me because I'd forget. So I wanted something that I don't have to remember and have to think about every day. So I looked up some options and I did the IUD. Got the IUD. Well, after a certain number of years, that IUD needs to be replaced. So I went to go get the IUD replaced in my um, OBGYN, who I had been going to for a little over 12 years. She couldn't find it. So she's like, did you take the IUD out? And I'm like, you can do that? <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. Girl, no, I take the yeah. IUD out. No. <laughs> and so um, she sent me to ultrasound now, all within the same exact doctor visit, same office space, just one door down the hallway. Um, the ultrasound tech did a topical ultrasound. She didn't see the IUD. She did a vaginal. She's like, oh, there it is right there front and center. It's like, oh, awesome. So I didn't take it out, obviously. So she goes, oh, by the way, how are your fibroids coming along? And I go, what's that? And you can see the reaction on her face. She was mortified. She's like, uh, 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 I never say the doctor's name, but for the sake of the conversation, I'll say Dr. Smith. She goes, well, Dr. Smith to talk to you about it. I'm like, uh, okay, that was weird. Get back up, walk back in her office again. Remember, same doctor visit. And um, the doctor gets gets me back in her office behind her nice cherry wood desk and her nice um, fish tank on a wall and behind her computer. And she's like, yeah, so um." We're able to find the IUD and we're going to get it out and just very extremely cavalier. And I go, yes. So what about those fibroids? The thing that this lady mentioned, I don't, is it a fibroid? Those fibroids? I don't even, like I heard of the word. I couldn't tell you what it was. Right. And so she's like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. About that. So yeah, we saw some fibroids on the ultrasound and um, I recommend you get a hysterectomy and you know, they'll go away and and I'm like, wait, wait, time out, time out, time. Now, again, Maria, painting the scenario, I had been going to this doctor for 12 and a half years, going to her faithfully to get my women's annual exam. The size that they were, they don't develop that fast over one year period. Yeah. But yeah. no point did anyone think to tell me that there are fibroids on my uterus. So I started asking her questions like, wait a minute, time out. What, what are fibroids? Like, how, how did I get them? I mean, to be 100% honest, I, I didn't know if they were sexually transmitted and and can I take the IUD out and they go away or can I go and, you know, <laughs> change my diet for two weeks, do a couple of sit-ups and they go away or I had no idea what they were. She says, well, in the medical industry, there's no real known cause. However, they're like kudzu. You cut them away and they'll just grow back. And I'm like, wait a minute, did this lady just compare my womb, mm-hmm. the essence of where we give birth? Did she just compare my womb to weeds that grow outside? You just compare my womb to kudzu? Honestly, I was so dumbfounded. I didn't even know what to do. I said, well, I'm not doing a hysterectomy. And she goes, well, do you plan to have more kids? And I said, well, I don't know. I mean, that doesn't mean that I want to lose my uterus. Like, I don't know. 
that's not the only reason to keep your uterus just to bear children. And I can imagine that was a hard conversation for you to have with your husband. Having to tell your significant other that you have a condition or a disease or some type of medical issue that you cannot articulate what it is. If you can imagine how much more extra stress and anxiety it layered on top of me just getting this diagnosis. So you got diagnosed with the fibroids. Now you're faced with the decision of what to do. Um, what happened after that? About a week later, I get a telephone call from the doctor's office to schedule my hysterectomy. And I was like, am I in the twilight zone? Are you kidding me? And um, I was, I just told her how disappointed and taken aback I was, how I felt like I was not being heard. She literally said almost verbatim, she, she said, um, well, it sounds like you need a doctor that's going to listen to you. So that was the moment you fired her and decided to do things the Latoya way. Yes, <laughs> I did. I did coaching programs. I started to do yoga, qigong. I went vegan, vegetarian. I did the whole eat for your blood type diet. And I eventually ended up having uterine fibroid embolization. That's basically mm -hmm. where you just cut off the blood supply to the fibroid. So the two largest fibroids that I had were seven centimeters and 11 centimeters. So that's mm -hmm. about the size of a small grapefruit and a small melon. So no wonder why people always ask, was I pregnant? The doctor was very, very clear about explaining very upfront that because of the size that I would be lucky if I got about 50% shrinkage. Well, at that time, I, did, I knew I didn't want to go under the knife. I knew I didn't want to have surgery. So to me, 50% shrinkage, shrinkage was worth it for me. And that's mm -hmm. exactly what I got. And I'm happy. I, there are still fibroids on my uterus, but I'm thriving. Yes, Toya. And I'm so proud of you for figuring out on your own, advocating for yourself and healing yourself, you know, really being dedicated to the effort required to do that. But I can imagine that you had some lows um, during that process. What were some moments that stood out to you? I would give you an example. I would carry extra pair of clothes, extra pair of underwear, extra sweater or suit jacket in case I'm in a meeting and I have an accident. People would say like, how? You're an adult. How the heck are you having an accident? Mm -hmm. Because I sneezed or because I literally stood up from a sitting position, I stood up, is something that people, the awareness is getting out there more, but yeah. there's still leaps and bounds that need to take place. And you talked about how scared you were and how you were confused and not knowing what were the next steps to take. So for women listening right now who may suspect they have fibroids or have a family member with fibroids, or you know just trying to figure it out or find some peace, what would your advice to them be? get a first, second, third opinion. Don't stop at that very first doctor visit because had I stopped at that very first doctor visit, I would not have a uterus at this very moment. And as you can see, I did not need a hysterectomy. Have an open, detailed conversation with your doctor, mm -hmm. not, not based on, oh, what will my spouse think? What, what will my family think? Based on what you feel is in, in your best interest. And number two, knowing your family history. So when I started having conversations with my family members about the fibroids, my fibroids, come to find out my mother had them, my sisters, my nieces, um, about four of my really close best friends. It's like, wait a minute. Why ain't nobody talking about this? You'll be amazed at how much you learn through those conversations. Know that there is hope. McDonald's is not new to chicken. So maybe stop questioning that chicken cred and get your hands on the McCrispy. Juicy fried chicken, buttery bun, unmatched pickle to chicken ratio. Yeah, they know what they're doing. In fact, we can honestly say... 
They're not new to chicken. They're true to chicken. The McCrispy. Only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Fibroids are not a death sentence. They're not. But there are so many other ways to get pregnant. IVF, you could do IUI, you can do egg freezing, you could do surrogacy. There are several different ways. But the point is, diagnosis of fibroids does not mean your life is over. I always say that for me, that was a pivotal moment in my life. It really helped me go within and really understand who I am as a person and to understand what I want my life to be. And I knew I didn't want to be suffering in silence. I knew that to me, I didn't want to live my life wearing a super tampon, a super pad, absorbent underwear, a pair of shorts and a pair of pants all at the Mm -hmm. same time. And what's interesting is that Initially, I could not relate to when someone said, oh, they got really bad periods because I didn't have bad periods. So about six months after the diagnosis, all hell broke loose and my periods were horrible. But just understanding, you know, what you're dealing with and being familiar with that deck of cards that you have been dealt would allow you to know how to um, conduct yourself and what decision to make that's best that you feel is in your best interest. Yeah, that's so important. And you shared earlier in our conversation that, you know, uterine fibroid embolization, UFE was your route. And you also talked about how you were hell bent on not having a hysterectomy. But for some women, that really is the best option. And I want to make sure that they feel seen and they understand that if that is their choice, that's okay as well. There's nothing wrong with getting a hysterectomy. I want to make sure that people know that there's absolutely nothing wrong with getting it. Yes, every woman has to do what's good for her body. And you know what's good for a woman's body? Sex. Let's just keep it real. (laughs) Sex is good for a woman's body, but uterine fibroids affect fertility. They affect the way you feel, how you move your body, your energy levels, and also intimacy with your partner. What changes have you had to make after being diagnosed with fibroids and making sure that things were still good in the bedroom? Certain sexual positions can hurt like hell Mm -hmm. and others don't. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So be honest. Don't just sit there and deal with it. Knowing darn well is is uncomfortable or is there, it hurts or whatever. Just be honest about it Mm -hmm. and then figure out what physical position does work best. And fibroids I hear can also take a toll on a woman's sexual desire. Fibroids definitely do impact sex, not only from the physical aspect, but also the libido. Um, My libido was almost non-existent. Mm-hmm. And like, I didn't know, I didn't, to the point, like, like you and I were talking earlier, I'm a go-getter, right? I was working yeah. um, when my son was younger, I was working full-time, going to school full-time. I was taking my son to school with me at night to earn my bachelor degree. And then I went back for my master's degree. I was just like on autopilot. I didn't take time yeah. to do an audit and do inventory of myself. My libido was nearly non-existent. And um, like I said, I would be tired all the time. I remember one time he and I got into it. He like, every time he come on me, oh, he's so tired, tired, tired. I'm like, well, I can't help it. He's like, just suck it up. Like you can't, it can't be that bad, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so I remember (laughs) that I started um, taking five hour energy because Uh I'm like, why am I always so tired? Not realizing it was because my hormones were out of whack. Yeah. My body had a dominance of estrogen, which was tearing me down. Um, yeah. So yeah, getting back to that, you know, libido definitely is tremendously impacted because of the estrogen dominance. So let's go ahead and get specific. What does the bedroom setup look like? The spoon position <laughs> definitely yeah. helps a lot. Mm-hmm. And then um, 
I didn't know we were supposed to get this, this explicit. Girl, come on, let's I'm go. Okay let's with go, it. go, let's go. I'm perfectly fine. <laughs> but um, also, so the spoon position definitely does help tremendously. But also when you're on top writing, mm-hmm. and the reason why, like if, if you slip up, that can actually hurt worse. But mm-hmm. when you're on top, it allows you to maintain control. So you know how far, how deep you can go. You can go. get your angles, you can lean. Exactly. Yep, and that topic wasn't uncomfortable at all <laughs> because you got to do what you got to do. But I really appreciate your transparency. Speaking of transparency, you were very candid when you initially were diagnosed with fibroids and it all happened from a Facebook post which led to you starting your organization, The Fibroid Pandemic. Walk me through that. So about... Six months before I had my fibroid procedure, before I had UFE, Lakeem and I, I don't know, it was probably in the living room at home one day after dinner, sitting on the couch. I don't know. We're just sitting. I remember talking to him one day and I said, babe, I just feel like God is preparing me to help people. God is telling me it's my calling to help people. It's like, what are you talking about? I was like, I don't know. I, I feel it in my gut. I don't know. I didn't know if it was supposed to have been children, women, men, the homeless. I had no idea. Around six months later, I had my uterine fiber embolization. He videotaped me while I was under anesthesia. And I was talking about the land of the Smurfs. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I didn't man, even know, I know that video was fun. I, I know didn't that was even fun. know that he did it, right? Until about maybe like a week later after my, a couple days later after my procedure, we're sitting in bed like on a Saturday morning, he pulls up his phone. I'm like, what? Mm-hmm. So I posted it on my personal Facebook page back in 2019, kind of making it lighthearted. I remember the exact place I was. And my cousin called me. She said, girl, did you see your Facebook? She's like, go look at your, because my phone started blowing up. I'm like, what is going on here? I pulled out my phone. I remember seeing some DMs from women I had not gone to, that I had not seen since going to um, high school. So we're talking a long time ago. I was getting DMs from men saying, Mm -hmm. um, had I known you were dealing with this Toya, had I listened to you earlier, had I had a conversation sooner, I would not be divorced. DMs from women saying that was for my daughter, men saying that was for my, for my niece, for my wife, for my mother. And I'm literally reading these messages. And I, and I said, Lord, this, this is, I knew it. I said, this is it. This is it. This is it. And I called my husband, I called Lakeem and I'm like, babe, this is, he's like, what are you talking about? I'm like, I'm supposed to help women. And I don't really tell that part of the story to many people actually. But um, I ended up talking to one of my best friends. Her name's Terika. She says, Toya, start an Instagram page. I was like, girl, I don't know about no Instagram. She was just, you you got a personal, just try it. I go, what am I supposed to call? She goes, you'll figure it out. I'm like, How, what, am I, what am I supposed to do? You'll figure it out. She kept saying, you'll figure it out. If I'm not mistaken, I think one of my very first Instagram posts probably says something like coming soon. At that time, my whole motto was, if fibroids were external, would you take them more seriously? If women are walking around with these huge tumors that are bleeding for 45 days at a time, would you not take it more seriously? I almost named my company the fibroid epidemic. And I went on Dr. Google. I'm like, wait a minute. What's the difference between a pandemic and an epidemic? And I was like, this is definitely a pandemic. And that literally is how the fibroid pandemic was born. Oh, love that story. It gives me chills. Man, thank you so much for sharing that, Toya. 
So in addition to everything you've shared so far, what other advice and words of support do you have for women experiencing a situation similar to yours? Stop suffering silence. You don't need to suffer in silence any longer. Let your voice be heard. Number one, be honest with yourself. Take inventory of your body and acknowledge what your body is experiencing. You want to be kind to her and get the help that you need. With my sister, my sister was scheduled to have a hysterectomy. And and sometimes I'm I'm the first one to admit I'm very self-aware. Yeah. (laughs) I can become a little bit overbearing sometimes when it comes to my friends and family. I love very hard. And so my sister was scheduled to get a hysterectomy. And um, I was just asking her just regular standard question, not trying to quiz her or anything like that. I was like, so what do you have to do to prepare? Like you, you're going in two days, like what's your diet supposed to be like? Um, how long you'll be off your feet? And everything was like, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. And I sat there, I was like, wait a minute. So if you can't answer these simple questions, why are you going under the knife again? And I hurt her feelings. I didn't mean to, mm-hmm. but for me, you're my sister. Yeah. You're my mother's child. Mm-hmm. and you can't answer these simple so your doctor didn't well I know they got the paperwork no 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 no. when I went into my UFD I was very clear on what to expect two three four days leading up the day of and two three four days after yeah. but getting back to the point I was making um tell your story because you never know who may be paying, paying attention or you never know who you may be able to help you can tell mm-hmm. your story to your to your classmate or to your coworker who may tell their neighbor, who may tell their daughter, you never know. So tell your story. And the last thing I would say is um, keep going because fibroids are not a death sentence. Keep going. And we are so glad that you kept going because look at all of the lives you are changing. Latoya Dwight, founder of the Fibroid Pandemic, thank you so much for this inspiring, insightful conversation. Now tell everyone listening how they can stay in contact with you. So you can find me on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube at The Fibroid Pandemic. You can also send an email at info at thefibroidpandemic.com. The Fibroid Pandemic is a for-profit LLC, but I also have a nonprofit, 501c3 nonprofit called Pad the Pandemic. And Pad is a double entendre, Mm -hmm. Pad for menstrual products, and also Pad as in eliminating or stopping Right. So stopping the pandemic, pad the pandemic. And the mission of pad the pandemic is to prevent unnecessary hysterectomies and unclean products, sanitary products. Right. Um, Because you'll be amazed at how much people don't know about the products that we use, which actually contribute to the development of uterine fibroids as part of my vision of seeing the world fibroid free at some point I have created what's called I've actually curated my very own um, 5k run walk it is mm-hmm. a family friendly event it's called run far 5k and Maria everything um, everything that I do that I put my hands on that I talk about I try to have meaning to it yeah. run far 5k mm-hmm. I could have named it the fibroid pandemic but it's mm-hmm. a family event Fibroids impacts everyone, not just the person who has them. So yeah. FAR is an acronym for Fibroid Awareness and Resources. I had my very first 5K in 2021, mm-hmm. still in the middle of a pandemic. And I was told that your very first 5K, you're lucky if you get 50 people. And usually mm-hmm. that's your friends, your family, and your neighbors, right? Mm-hmm. Um, in the middle of a pandemic, 
I was probably about six to eight weeks out. I, mean, I probably had maybe 25 registrants mm-hmm. and um, I went to overdrive and I ended up having about 140 registrants. And that's of a- amazing. 50 people is actually a win mm-hmm. for your first 5K. Mm-hmm. Yes. In yes. all seriousness. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, people that actually do it and know it. So I skipped 2022. Um, now my second annual is going to be this year in 2023. So it's been confirmed for July 15th, which is a third July, the third Saturday in July. And yes, the mm-hmm. third Saturday is the 15th. It's going to be at still family farm in Powder Springs. So just about 25, 30 minutes north of Atlanta. Miss do it all. Well, we appreciate you for leading the way. Miss Latoya Dwight, founder of the fibroid pandemic. Thank you once again and continue blessings to you, girl. Absolutely. Maria, thank you again for having me. I really do appreciate it. You know it. I hope you paid close attention to this conversation. And the great thing about a podcast is that you can go back and rewind and listen to it over and over again. But certainly if some of this information resonated with you, the message, Latoya's journey, I strongly encourage you to stay connected with her and the fibroid pandemic. Well, that is a wrap for this episode of Mind, Body, and Business. As always, I appreciate your ear and look forward to the next empowering conversation. Want to remind you to follow Mind, Body, and Business on Apple Podcasts and make sure that you rate and review. If you haven't done so already, you know I would greatly appreciate that. Take care. Mind, Body, and Business is an Urban One Incorporated Reach Media production hosted by me, Maria Moore. Follow me at Maria Moore, M-A-R-I-A-M-O-R-E on all socials. Executive produced by Maria Moore. Senior Director of Podcast Operations, Sierra Reed. Supervisory Producer, Colby Kolb-Tyner. Director of Sales and Corporate Partnerships, Michelle Marino. Integrated Marketing and Partnerships, Lori Flowers, Laura Lopez, and Brittany Jackson. Digital Marketing, Walter Gaynor, J.R. Davis, and Tim Hall. Music produced by Jamal J. So Smith. Thank you for listening to the Mind, Body, and Business Podcast.